Hey everyone, it's Tim here again, and you're listening to episode 14 of the Black Swamp Podcast. This is actually our first COVID-19 shutdown produced episode. I'm currently recording from the BSP Home Studio, and we'll be handling all production responsibilities as Jamel and Nathan are at their own homes uh, playing Call of Duty or watching Disney Plus or something. I don't know. So this interview with Dan Smitherger was recorded right before our official shutdown and uh, right after Southern Illinois University closed uh, due to the pandemic. Since that time, we've also canceled the 2020 Percussion Ensemble Showcase and replaced with a snare drum solo competition for both U.S. high school and college level percussionists. Uh, entry deadline is April 30th and full participant participation details can be found on our website. And if I remember, I'll try to throw that link in our show notes. Uh, we thought this would be a great opportunity to keep students uh, motivated, inspired, and hopefully practicing during some mandatory time off. Also wanted to quickly plug some of the educational resources we have available, available on our website. Uh, we have a full collection of video content, including lessons, uh, instructional videos, and more from various BSP artists and endorsers. Uh, we also have an extensive library of articles written by Black Swamp artists and educators. Uh, Dan Smithgar alone has contributed almost 70 articles over the last 10 years. These can all be downloaded and viewed from the educational page on our website. Topics range from instrument tutorials to composer interviews, uh, pedagogy topics. Uh, there's a lot to dig into as you find yourself with some extra time on your hands over the next few weeks. And uh, I suppose it's time we now dig into my conversation with Dan. Hey, Dan. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Doing Good. Well. Um, there's a lot going on in the world right now, um, so I appreciate you. Um, I know your schedule is crazy uh, with uh, your school lack of activity right now. Um, so I appreciate you still kind of taking time to call in and have a chat with us. Yeah, I think this is the only activity going on in this building right now. <laughs> okay, so it was convenient then. Yes. Are you? <laughs> yes. Okay, feel free to jump in anytime, Dan. You know, this is we're this is an open conversation here. Just it's a real <laughs> relaxed thing. So. Um, Okay. So before um, we get to the main topic, which is the Black Swamp um, Percussion Ensemble Showcase, mm-hmm. um, I want to get just a little bit of background from you, um, sort of how you got started in percussion and what, like, if there was an initial spark or um, catalyst for you um, getting involved in music and percussion specifically. Well, that is an interesting question. About 300 years ago, when I was six or seven, right. my parents got me lessons. And I think I was living in Casa Grande, Arizona at the time. And I believe a, a student from the University of Arizona, or who lived in Casa Grande, who was a former U of A student, came to give me lessons. And I, and I don't remember that person's name, but I played on a practice pad with Wrong well, they, at that time. they were super influential then. They made an yes. enormous impact <laughs> on your super. career. Yes, super. There was this guy, 
and he was a student and you took lessons from him <laughs> he was so infu- he was so influential that i don't right. remember his name yeah and then we moved and then i had another i had another set of lessons with someone we moved to flagstaff and i actually i ended up having lessons with someone at the university there and so influential i do not remember that person's name mm-hmm. but so i had taken lessons for a couple years when i was younger about 300 and some odd years ago and then I took a couple years where I wasn't able to, and then got back into the school music program around fourth grade or fifth grade, and kind of did that route with being involved in band and such. And I just continued doing that, and I liked it. Right. Clearly, I liked it. So that was kind of that's where I started, and that's kind of how it evolved, at least in the early part of, of when I was when I was younger. And then, when, of course, the the typical. I would say typical, but you know, the, being involved in marching band, university band, or university, high school band, sure, and other things, doing solo ensemble, all state, that kind of stuff. I was able to 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 do those things, and yeah, yada yada yada. So there was not a specific sort of trigger, um, you know, you didn't. It wasn't the Beatles on Ed Sullivan or uh, anything like that. that, that no, sort of led no, you down this path. I'm not that old. No, <laughs> you said because I just said three hundred years. So yes, <laughs> right. it was, it was uh, no, it wasn't a, a specific band or event or or specific a specific person or thing something someone said. I just kind of did it and I liked doing it and kept doing it. So. Right, and then you you mentioned Arizona, um, in I guess I didn't realize you were from Arizona, and I, I knew you had a lot of connections there. I thought it was just. Uh, ultimately university um, where you studied but um, you were raised yes in actually Arizona. yes actually after I was adopted I was raised in Arizona oh, okay and I, I lived there from four months old to when I moved in, in 2004 so, right. but I'd been I had yeah I'd gone to schools in different parts of Flagstaff and Phoenix and Casa Grande and Tucson all okay. over that place. So. Huh. And you were a student of Steve Hempel's, is that right? In Northern, mm-hmm. uh, yes, University my of Northern Arizona? Air, Northern Arizona University, that's oh, correct. Geez. Okay. Right. I was, I started in the fall of 1990, and Steve Hempel arrived in the fall of 1991. I actually had a, a teacher prior to that, prior to Steve. Mm-hmm. His name was Kurt Sharp. Oh, you remember and, his name. That's good. <laughs> well, I was older, <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> And <clears throat> and then Steve arrived in the next year. So right. cool, yeah. Uh, I mean, just side note, Steve, I've uh, had the pleasure to meet him several times, and like through your um, percussion institute in Southern Illinois, and mm-hmm. at PASIC and stuff. All around, one of the if you're listening, Steve, all around <laughs> one of the nicest, like coolest guys I've ever I've ever met. Just like and I'm sure I'm sure he is. Listening. Yeah. <laughs> Because really, like the point of this conversation is to talk about the Percussion Ensemble Showcase, which, um, for those of you who don't know, we've been doing 10 plus years, I think, 10 or more years, and was, uh, I mean, the I showcase... I think this is the 11th year. Okay. Uh, so that is 10 plus, right? 10 plus one, I guess, years, and was uh, really an idea that you brought to me like you brought to black swamp percussion 
um, as far as like a formal video competition and it started as an ensemble competition um, and and has grown into a couple different ensemble divisions and then a solo division so I just wanted to kind of unpack that a little bit and see you know what what your inspiration was for that because I thought it was a really great idea and it's grown over the last 10 plus years apparently 11 years and and so let's start there like what what was your thought process in in a program like that it kind of combined my public school teaching from when I was high school band director and then when I was in graduate school at the University of Arizona I arranged two mass steel band programs for the state the Arizona State Percussive Percussive Art Society spring concerts and okay. they were they were these Friday night concerts that start that really kicked off these eight as pass 2002 and 2003 and it was networking it was getting these high school students steel band programs all together and playing for each other it, it, essentially that was it and so when we, we looked at this percussion ensemble showcase back in 08 09 when I was thinking about it in 08 and I think we, we, we launched it in 09 or 09 2010 I was thinking it'd be neat to somehow get different ensembles involved in a what we now call a showcase and right. playing and and for everybody to be visible to each other and everybody to see each other and it's, it wouldn't probably be practical to have everybody fly in and do it but we had this online thing this internet thing was going on so you know that it kind of took that uh, route and, sure and that's kind of where it, where it, where it got started the, the first of it, you know, when we did these ASPADS things, they weren't competitions, but they were showcases. They were, you know, we got to see each other play. Right. So it kind Sorry, of started Sorry, ASPADS, that's the Arizona. Arizona PAS. PAS. Right, right. Yeah. Okay, sure. So, and it's involved, you... too, and how it's grown has been pretty neat. You know, it's kind of gone a little more than and beyond what I thought it would go on to, sure. to be. And uh, many, many ensembles across the United States submit, you know, from all different coasts to, you know, to, to everywhere. And, and the repertoire has been really great. So I think it's, I think it's done wonderfully. Yeah. And sort of before I do have some questions about the growth specifically, but what I, I kind of hear you saying is like at that time, and obviously you can't get all these ensembles in, in one place, in one location. And, um, you know, have a competition, I guess, and have, have things judged from across the country but you know obviously with the the dawn of the internet and uh you know the <laughs> the you know the ease of technology these days like and um i mean even within the span of our of the competition like it, things have progressed so much like just the quality of recording uh, mm -hmm. audio and visual but mm -hmm. so you know when we started it was you know relatively easy to hold a competition where people could submit a video and get it on YouTube and then have that video judged um, mm -hmm. and 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 go from there. And obviously there's a large, and maybe we'll touch on this in a bit, like educational aspect to it also. I think a lot of participants participate um, because, <laughs> the, you know, they will get feedback from judges and they'll get critiqued and they'll get sort of 
um, information that they can pass along to the students or in the solos uh, division, you know, just take take to their practice room and, and um, apply some of that. So. Well, okay, so growth, like, you know, we went from the first year having three ensembles participate to having close to 30 in the last couple of years, mm -hmm. and that's, you know, both large and small. Like, what do you, what do you kind of attribute that to? Do you think there's anything that specifically has kind of helped this grow? Well, I think when you see direct, when other directors see programs doing things pretty well, they want to be involved. I think there's an element of quote-unquote competition, a little bit of that into sure. this this showcase, which is, you know, it, which is a competition in some ways because you have a first and a second place and a first and a second place in, in different divisions, which we, which happened as we got larger, you know, or as we, as time has gone on and we've gotten more participants. I think people like the idea of, of playing for each other and to somewhat be, be evaluated by other people just to, if anything else, it, it validates, you know, what you're doing as a teacher. Mm -hmm. And for anything else, you know, your students, you know, it's all student centered. So students can see other groups do well and they can see them doing well. And, you know, and, and, and they, they really enjoy it. So I, I, that's, that's kind of what I attribute it, attribute it to, if that makes any sense. It's just, everybody want, kind of wants to do it. And yeah. And yeah. I mean, I think they're black pop syndrome. <laughs> yes. Among other things. Um, yeah, no, I I totally agree. I mean, I think it. I mean, initially it was just a really good idea, and it did take a couple of years, I think, for to get the, um, get the numbers up. I think, like I said, first year was like three, and then maybe like kind of five or six ensembles, and then I just feel like yeah. one year, like it really jumped up. So, um, I think you know, well, yeah, once the visibility of it, like we were saying, like you know, people, we would post, you know, winners for second, um placements you know online and help promote it and there's just kind of more buzz and more more well, interest in it and then uh, yeah go ahead there there are there is i know because in one of my rooms down in the basement i've got a filing cabinet filing cabinets full of scores and dvds and cds and or dvds of right because when he did it that way when we did it back then in 2009 2010 oh, that's yeah. how they submitted so i have right. all that stuff and there's just scores, and there's just so much, you know, so many entries you know, down there. Right. So, yeah, I totally forgot. Like the first several years, but uh, ensembles submit. had, yeah, had to three, submit. <laughs> yep, they'd DVDs, submit three yeah. scores, three DVDs, right. yeah. and then we got them. I got them, and then I, I would mail them out to the other judges, and I couldn't tell you. I, I can't remember off the top of my off the top of my head which judges we we hired those first few right. years. And then they would evaluate it, and then we went to even a more online way of doing it in the last few years. But those first, those early years, Tim, the early yes. years, we did it that way. Um, yeah. Hold on, I'm I'm opening up a a Google Doc right now. The first years, uh, well, no wait, never, never mind. I think you, oh, Christopher Dean, yes, you, yourself, Christopher Christy. Dean, and then I actually judged i think the first three years of the competition yeah there you and, put uh, that on your resume yeah yeah to felt totally unqualified and um yeah so you yeah i think we had 
Christopher Dean. Yeah, that first, was that the first year. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I remember. Uh, I think I remember Joe Gramley being one of the first one of the judges in the first few years. I remember yep. Meehan Perkins were yep. part of the judging crew in the first few years. I remember in the first year of the solo multiple percussion competition, it was Morris Poulter and I. Uh, yeah. Let me see. Yeah, second year was Meehan Perkins duo, and then Gramley, Brian Zader was involved, and Morris Palter uh, was was involved that year. And then as we're dropping names, yeah, 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 (laughs) black swamp names, of course. Yeah, of course. Well, that's part of it. Yes, these are the judges are black swamp artists (laughs) and educators. So it's you know we're (coughs) we're involving our our community of supporters here and i i think that's part of it and that's i think been part of the draw too and um so um, next week on black swamp percussion self-serving podcast (laughs) it's not too gratuitous i I don't feel too guilty about it so um okay so so it's grown like what so the last several years um of growth has also seen like growth in like quality of participation mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like uh, quality of performance. You know what? I think we talked about this on actually on a prior podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, what are there any like common threads or anything you see between these, uh, these um, ensembles that have been successful in the showcase? I think definitely the, when you look at all of these really wonderful performances that are submitted, there's a lot of the ensembles are they're all playing well their musical components are top notch the rhythmic the rhythmic clarity their phrasing their sound quality their implements the the repertoire is great of course and then you know how they're executing there's a lot of similarities with with those musical elements that I just described right. i think that in the last few years i know one thing that that jumped out in the last 3 to 4 4 to 5 years is that the recording quality with all these superior submissions has, has yes has it, well, it's gotten better you know yeah. it's, it's and it's there's a lot of clear you can hear some very clear uh, musical things with the microphones you're using and the and the uh, the camera is really nice <laughs> really nice the cameras are you know they're they're great they've got multiple angles right so they're putting a lot of time into the recording quality in as much as they are preparing their students or in the, or in the solo percussion case, uh, as sure. much as they are preparing the piece. So the production values has yeah. gone up certainly quite a bit. Yes. Couple years. Yeah. Quite a bit. Yes. Um, so it's kind of, as this has evolved, it's, it's turning into you know, some really neat stuff and it, it, and it will be interesting to see how it goes in you know, the next, you know, the next 10 years. Do you think there's any um, like uh, composition-wise or like performance-specific sp- pieces? Or has there been any like continuity there as far as like what types? Well, of you know, are that's interesting. That's an interesting question. There are some good. I, it was off the literally off the top of my head. There, I just thought of it right now. I, I, I didn't have that pre-composed. Go ahead, Dan. Sorry to interrupt. Uh-huh. No, no, that's, that's great. There are there are trends. Sometimes you'll see the. Uh, Prelude to Paradise came in a few year for a few years in a row. You'll see some stuff by Dave Hall that come in. A couple right, of he's a name that jumped up, jumped to right. mind. 
and I'm not trying to, you know, but you'll see you'll see different compositions uh, that will come in. It will become, be kind of in for two or three years, and you'll see that uh, you see that in the high school ones because this is a high school showcase. And usually, you see that in the university route too. You see things that just come in, uh, and, and, and as well. But uh, back to the the you know, I remember Dwayne the Septet by Dwayne Rice came in a couple different years. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember in in the multi, solo multiple percussion contest. You know, you always see a Zanakis rebound B. You see once right. one time we saw Safa, or a couple different years we saw Safa. You see a lot of some great a lot of great. You know, great, great, great pieces. So, Anvil right. Chorus, Anvil Chorus seems to come be coming back, right? Every other, every couple of years. So. And I mean, obviously, percussion literature is is relatively new, but it, to me, it seemed like the the ensemble pieces specifically are like more like new compositions, like in the last couple of years, even. Is that yeah. is that safe to say? Am I yeah? Am I safe saying that? No, no, you're that's you're definitely uh, safe in saying that, and 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 it's funny because sometimes you'll see those many times you'll see those pieces, sometimes you'll see those pieces at Passive on for for ensembles that were chosen who right. have to submit almost a year, you know, before they were playing this stuff, and it's around you see that stuff at Passive and you see it in the, at the showcase. So. Yeah, cool. Um, what do you think as far as education? Like, what do you is do you, have you seen any effect um, on education from the showcase? And that's not a question's not totally clear, I guess. But you well, know, you know what? There's the, the biggest thing, the best comment I can make is that there's just a, a, a raised general awareness of what everybody is doing, and it's right. a, it's around the globe. It's not just around the United States. It's right. I get comments from. Once in a while, I get comments from someone in Europe or someone in China or someone in you know another country that will say, right. "Hey, I, we really like that showcase. We really like that piece." Or you'll you'll see comments on the YouTube channel when you see that from you know from Brazil or from yeah. Mexico or from wherever. So I think the awareness of what this showcase has brought, not only here but around the world, is pretty is pretty great, you know, and. And all those musical qualities, and so it's, it has has gotten everybody. Everybody's just getting better in doing what we do. Right, and I think that is a good. That's a good point, Dan, uh, because it you? is a yeah, it is a U.S. Uh, only competition at that point. At this point, and you know, I'm and I am thinking of okay, what's what does the future look like? And so opening us this up to more of an international level yes. is, is a definitely a, a possibility in the future i mean are there any other directions you see the showcase going no i do think that <laughs> opening it up no opening up being more of a global serving more of the you know globe right would be, uh, a very interesting way to do it you know yeah and connect us more even more together so. yeah kumbaya um what well i think that that kind of covers the the showcase i mean i do want to definitely throw a shout out to our judges this year um jim campbell and josh jones are judging the ensemble divisions and then yourself and julia licata are judging the the solo divisions um very much looking forward to it um yeah i mean those uh yeah 
I agree. I'm looking forward to it also <laughs> as well, Dan. <laughs> um, um, so, you know, there are a few other things I want to want to kind of talk to you about. And, oh, um, okay. Um, one is, and, and we can not talk about this if you want to, but it's mostly Jamel's request. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. he, uh, have you dabbled, Dan, in in any type of comedy setting? Me? Uh, yeah. In like a, you know, st- when I was an undergrad, yeah, I did stand up. Get out. You, it wasn't good. I never <laughs> said it was good. But I did. I did two. I wouldn't call them shows. I'd call okay. them. There were two venues that were there were people there. Okay, was it in your house? No, like was it was in your living room. Okay, no. it was okay. It was a legitimate. Okay. One was in space. one was in Flagstaff and one was in San Diego. Okay, San Diego. Holy cow! No. No. Uh, so what? How? How and why? Well, there was a professor at Northern Arizona University whose name will I will not mention. Okay, because you don't remember thought, it. That's fine. No, no, I remember it. Hey, he's great, but yeah. the I'm sorry, the person is great, mm-hmm. and they thought that I was an interesting, funny person. So right. they had me do a try a stand-up thing in a uh, was after a band marching band event at a pizza place. All right. And so I had to prepare some material for that, and then. It didn't stop there when the marching band went to San Diego. Okay. I was asked to do it again. Yeah. Okay, cool. Different material. But, yeah. yeah. And it, it wasn't anything you wanted to pursue, obviously, or you... Well, I don't know that I... It was it was interesting. I don't know that I'm mm-hmm. the best at it, but right. uh, it was uh, certainly... You mean pursue as a career, like a Jerry Seinfeld kind of? Thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gonna be the the next. If I of... knew, hey, if I knew that it would lead me to being worth nine hundred and fifty million dollars, which is what I think he is worth right now, <laughs> we would not be on the phone right now. Let's, well, at least not for that. So, <laughs> right, or not for this. I don't know what that means, but you know what I mean. So, right. yeah. Well, you can blame Jamel for for uh, me digging okay. into that. That's so all right. Um, that was I didn't expect that question, but yeah. Yeah, sorry. Um, and maybe you don't expect this one either. Uh, on our website, we do have a page of educational resources. I've heard about that. Okay, and and part of that are um, uh, articles, like written articles that our artists and educators have contributed, and you alone have contributed. I mean, it's been a couple of years, um, which is uh, fine. We, but you. <laughs> Uh, what you're trying to say is, Dan, how about you stop being lazy and write something? No, 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 no. That that is exa- that's like the complete opposite of what I've. Oh, you're saying I'm please to, don't right ever I'm, send us anything. I'm right now. I'm stalling because I'm trying to get to the web page. You alone have like, uh, I'm just scrolling through here. Over sixty, 60. yeah, like sixty-seven, sixty-eight, and, and some additional. Uh, articles on our our website and you know at one point you were you were submitting one a month i mean it was, some of yes. them are are several years years old but i just kind of wanted to talk about that partially to plug 
uh, the website www.blackswamp.com slash educational dash articles. Um, but I've, you know, you were kind of pumping them out at one point. Like what, is there an interest obviously on your end of sort of this, uh, kind of ed- collegiate or educational kind of writing or sharing some of this yes. knowledge? Like where did, how did that come about? It came about where I was submitting for percuss- percussive notes back in about 2007, 2008. And I remember a person at in the PAS who said, you know, if you are passionate about something, write about it. Right. And, you know, it's just kind of as simple as that. And so I thought, hmm, well, I'm passionate about A, B, C, D, E, you know, these kind of things. So I submitted a couple articles to PAS and I got turned down for some, but then I got, then a couple were accepted. And then I thought, well, I'll keep doing this. So I just kept on that thought for those, you know, six or seven or eight years that I was, or whatever it was where I was submitting more consistently that I thought, oh, this is, excuse me, this is a a topic that I think is interesting. And I think maybe we can go, you know, go somewhere with. So I just kept doing that. And so I was published with Percussive Note with PAS and I was, and then of course with Blackstone. Right. And I'm scrolling through the the various articles. I mean, obviously there's there's some like method stuff, you know, playing snare drum, playing trash yeah. cymbals, yeah. Um, tambourine. But then you kind of dig into uh, composers, um, yeah. or, you know, uh, Joel Morris. Um, sorry. And, and no, no. And with Alfred that piece, music. I was doing the Yurikai for a right. couple for a, for a concert or so. And so you try to, you know, th- there's breadth and then there's depth. Right. to explore both of those you don't know there's a uh, the social learning theory so like more pedagogical Education. pedagogical pedagogical yeah. more teaching type stuff yes. um yes. conductor notes stick control panorama so you know there's you know pan stuff vibraphone third construction i mean i'm not going to name every single one i can if you want me to i can keep going through here um no, keep going. Okay. Oh, no, actually, don't keep going. It's fine. <laughs> okay. But, yeah, so I just wanted to, to kind of unpack that a little bit. And, and Well, it goes back to what I said, Tim. It was it was that I think that I was pretty passionate about that stuff, teaching it and doing it, because when you're, you're doing it. Right. So I thought, well, let, let me write about it. And that's, yeah. kind of, that's kind of how I started, and that's kind of where it went. And yeah. No, I think it's, it's great, and I appreciate all the contributions, and we still have them up online. Um, mm-hmm. I think it partially just, you know, there's so many no more mediums now, like, you know, video stuff yeah. and obviously podcasting, what we're doing and things. And there's kind podcasting. of more podcasting. Yeah, you should think about it, Dan. You should think about podcasting. Um, yeah, well, go Google it. Um, there's just more ways to kind of disseminate information. So, um, uh, so I just wanted to talk about that a bit. Um, and and we did. So thank you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So you were passionate or are passionate about percussion and performance yeah. and education. Yeah. What do you, I, I know you have like f- 50 cats at home. Is there anything else? <laughs> you have any other hobbies or interests? Uh, things I'm you like to do? Uh, okay. uh, <laughs> you're like a cat lady, man. Is that not a thing? Okay. What else do you do, Dan? What do you do during the day when you're well, teaching? Well, I don't really have any hobbies or other interests i just do this and i, oh. I love doing it right I, I i don't you know i go out to eat but 
people do that, so that's not really a hobby or an interest. Oh, One time, I went skydiving. Get out. Yeah. Where in in Illinois? I mean, no, it doesn't it matter wasn't. where, but that's cool. That's impressive. <laughs> that's one thing I don't think I could ever do is jump out of an airplane. Well, I don't have any plans to do it out do it again anytime soon. Okay. It was in 2002. You didn't enjoy it? It was an experience. <laughs> that was very PC. No, it was yeah. it was it was an experience and you know, you, you sit and watch the video for legal reasons. Okay. And then you walk into the plane and you're watching them roll up the parachutes and right. one person said dan you don't want to piss those people off <laughs> you know because <laughs> right. it's a parachute and it, yeah. it doesn't you know yeah so you get on the plane and you think oh this is kind of neat you kind of going for a little joy ride and then you're sitting there and you don't what 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 re, what you realize is when the door opens and your friends start you know jumping out you think i'm not getting off this plane until i'm you know pushed out and that's kind of when the reality, and then you go and you jump and you're falling down to the earth at 450 feet a, a second or something, you know, right. whatever it is like that. Or, and uh, Was it tandem or were you alone? Yeah, the first one is a tandem. Right. So, and you have the altimeter on your wrist and if you don't pull it between, or if you don't pull the chute between five and 6,000 or maybe it was 5,500 feet or 6,000 feet, then right. the person, he, it was a he, pulls it. You know. Do you remember his name? No, I don't. Oh, okay. I don't even think I ever got his name. Oh, okay. But so it's not. You know, but when I was six or seven, I probably got the name of the teacher that mm-hmm. I, that I with whom I studied, but I can't remember that. Oh, that's right. So skydiving, but you're that's not necessarily that's, a hobby. And then you have cats. Correct. I would consider cats a hobby. I mean, you got to. Well, you know. but people who have, people who have animals would they necessarily say that they're that Having animals is their hobby. <laughs> no, no, no. I have really, kids. No. That's my hobby. You know, I don't. <laughs> that feels like a. It doesn't feel like a hobby. It's like a. It's a job. I don't have kids, but yeah. That's, yeah. Um, okay. What do uh, a couple more quick questions here before I let you go? Sure. Um, so what if you had to tell yourself one, maybe two things, like your younger self, if you Dan could go back in time, <laughs> like you know, Avengers Endgame style, what, with the sole purpose of telling your younger self something, what might that be, if anything? Oh, well, two things come to mind. Don't get, first don't, of get all. don't skydive. Don't skydive, no. Two <laughs> things come to mind. One is that uh, my dad was right about a lot of things. And as you get older, oh. I don't know if your parents say things to you and you go, eh, you know, I'm not sure if they're right or whatnot, but he, he, he's right about a lot of things. I'll just put it that way. Yeah. And I think the second thing is that I just need to learn to, uh, when I was younger, just take a deep breath and just try to relax. And because I get so, you know, sometimes we get so caught up in things and we get so stressed about things. Yeah. You know, if you could just remember to just take a deep breath and try not to react. So, you know, you know, I mean, as you get older, you, you, you kind of try to relax a little bit yeah. more. So. No, I, well, I agree with both of those statements, Dan, especially the, the first one. I, now that I, I do have kids, um, which I don't think it's necessary to appreciate your, your parents if you don't have kids, you, like, yeah. you know what I mean? 
but I certainly do kind of see, okay. And this isn't like, Oh man, I don't want to be like my mom or my dad when I grow up. No, it's, it's just, it's just that when they give you advice, you know, when you were younger, you were a little bit more naive and you saw things maybe just in a certain, in a certain way. And and dad would say, you know, maybe think about this. And right. And as I've gotten older and right, as you've gotten older, you go, ah, Maybe he was right. <laughs> yeah. They, they weren't as stupid as I thought they were. And what's kind of funny is, um, so I was late to this conversation that we had today because we as a team like to go <laughs> out, to, out to lunch on Fridays. So I was out with the guys here at Black Swamp and I was running late. And I was telling a story on the, on the drive back to the shop, um, basically about my girls who I have two girls, uh, 12 and eight i think i forget sometimes um i can remember their birthdays because they were born in 2007 and 2011 so i just remember 7 11 and then i'll never forget their whatever okay so they think they're an authority on everything right now so my wife and i are it's like impossible to have a conversation with them sometimes like we're just trying to get a single point across and they think they immediately interrupt and start like interjecting you know what their thoughts are what they heard at school and this and that and and what what their teacher said and it's like can you just give me 30 seconds of uninterrupted space so i can make my point and move on with the conversation so they um, should run for office (laughs) right yeah yeah actually they did dan here we go my my (laughs) yes here we go is right here we go My, my my daughter I found this out at, at conferences. My daughter was elected class uh, uh, mayor. Apparently, they oh. have they have like a fake little town, uh, and 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 it's you know it's kind of learn learning about civics and stuff like that. And she had to make a poster and campaign, and she, so she was elected class mayor um, earlier go. this year. So give her five hundred yeah. million dollars more, and she can run for uh, an office. <laughs> well, she's doing basketball, so we've been working on a scholarship there. So I'm. Okay. I'm kind of hoping that comes through. But, and then your second point, like staying relaxed, I consider that, yes, sort of living in the moment more, like being more more aware, like, you know, what's happening now, not necessarily what's what happened in the past and stressing out or what could possibly happen in the future. So I uh, personally been kind of practicing more like just awareness or like kind of trying to live more in the moment and what's what's happening right now so i can definitely appreciate that and yeah. not getting kind of stressed about um um you know what could or should have happened my wife calls it don't should on yourself she's like you shouldn't you know you shouldn't uh should on yourself oh i should have done this or i should have said that or whatever so i that's something i'm working on as well but all right enough about me you have anything <laughs> else you want to talk about dan <laughs> No, I've just actually been uh, interested just listening to you talk. (laughs) Well, it it took us a while to get there, but we got there, Dan. Uh, We got to me, uh, finally. But, well, Uh, I... Black Swan Percussion Podcasts by Tim Church. (laughs) For (laughs) and by Tim Church. Possibly a guest. Um, But I, you have been a huge supporter and educator and... you know, Black Swamp artist um, for many years. So I appreciate that support and friendship specifically. Thank you. Same here. Yeah. So thanks. I appreciate yes. it. And thanks for taking the time to talk. 
Always. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Okay. See ya. <laughs> okay. See ya.